Hey everybody, this is Cindy Fish. You are listening to the At His Feet podcast. I want to invite you today to set aside your whirlwind of busyness and mental to-do list to have a seat beside me at the feet of Jesus. Now let's pursue Him together. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the podcast. Today is called A Divine Separation We'll be talking about, me and you, we'll be talking about uh, loneliness, uh, what to do when it comes, what's the reason for that feeling that you get, and um, basically what are the blessings in it. There are blessings in it. It does come from God at times, and so we'll talk about that. I am actually recording this um, episode from... A hotel room in Houston, Texas, which is exciting. Um, Houston isn't far from our house. It's like an hour and a half, but it's exciting because I picked up Taylor from the airport today and uh, the kids got to stay with my mother-in-law, which is really great. Um, Abby has never stayed with her before. She's never stayed with anyone overnight before. So, um, So Ezra was so excited to get to go and play with his cousins and spend time with his grandparents and all that. But anyway, so we're here because we're about to fly to our friend's wedding in Arizona. Um, Right outside of Phoenix is where we'll be going. So that will be really cool. I'm excited to just get to spend time with my husband for a few days that doesn't have kids hollering and fussing in the background. I'm excited for sleep. I'm going to sleep a lot. And, uh, you know, Abby is one, but she doesn't always sleep through the night. So I've been really excited, looking forward to uh, sleeping in without Ezra waking me up at 7 and also just sleeping through the night without Abby screaming. And, And I'm also, I should say, I'm also just looking forward to spending time with Taylor and Um, just downtime where we get to enjoy each other's company. So it's going to be good, and I'm just glad that it's here. So uh, we'll go ahead and get started on the episode. Today I want to talk about the call of God, something that every one of us feel in at least one point in our lives, in our walk with God. I want to talk about that feeling when you look and you you see the things or you feel the things that you think God wants for you, but then you have this moment and you think, how in the world? How in the world is this going to happen? And I want to share something with you. About two weeks ago, we were in a, a youth retreat. So it was youth and hyphen age. And there was this girl that I was praying with, and the theme of the conference was called, If Not Now, Then When. And so that was something that we talked about all through the retreat. You know, you are called. God has a plan. All those things. So I'm praying with this girl, and I can tell, like, she believes it. She knows that God has called her to do something. She knows that the hand of God is on her life, but... As I was praying with her, I just felt like even in knowing that God had something for her, there was these thoughts of 
all the reasons why those things couldn't happen. And I've been there and I felt that. And But as I was praying and I, all these things just kind of were coming to me like uh, the kind of the reasons for her of why it couldn't happen. And I just felt in my spirit and and I told her, I said, I know there's all these excuses and all these reasons why you feel like God can't do what you know he's asked you to do or can't fulfill the promises that he's put on your life. And But the thing is this, is the only thing that has the power to stop the plan of God from happening in your life is you. It's that simple. The word says that the steps of a righteous man or woman are ordered of the Lord. And if you're willing to follow, God will order every single step and he'll open every right door. And no one and no thing has the power to stop it. No past is too messy. No family tree is too crazy. But the plan of God in your life and in my life does hinge on what you do. Sometimes I think in knowing that God has a plan and and maybe um, you listening, maybe you even have direction of what you think God wants for you, or maybe you're already, you know, involved and busy, but you have bigger dreams and, and bigger desires. And then you look around and wonder when God's going to open a door and, or an opportunity, you know. And, and so then you, you push and you pull on every single door that you see, um, at least every door that's appealing. But I want to share with you one of the doors that lead to every one of the things that you're after. It's a door that God places in each of our paths. And often, more than once, it's not appealing. It's not one that others can see. It's not glamorous. And it's definitely not one that anyone else would envy or even wish that they were in your shoes to walk through. But it is necessary. And so many of us miss this crucial door. Oftentimes, we even refuse it. You know, I've witnessed it time and time again, not only in myself, but in others. We refuse to walk through the door that God is beckoning us to step through. And that door is called separation. I'll tell you, from experience, separation feels a lot like loneliness. But be honest with yourself have you in the last, just say six months, in the last six months, have you felt that ache of loneliness or in the last year? I have. When you felt it, what did you do with it though? And that's what I want to talk about. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, I was typing my husband's notes from his journal that he had written a bunch of notes in for this series he was teaching and I, I transfer them to his iPad. And um, as I was doing that, he had this quote in there, and it said this, loneliness is one of the biggest tools that God uses to prepare his people, which is true. And I agree. I'm going to talk about how to utilize that tool. Um, but when I read it, all I could think about was the countless young people through the years. I, I say young people because we did youth ministry, and so I saw that age up close a lot more. 
to the countless young people and hyphen age students that it wasn't a tool for them. Loneliness was never used as a tool, but it was like a weapon. They chose to fill every space of loneliness with anything and everything in an attempt to not feel so alone. I'm talking anointed, talented, called young people that would majorly mess up and found themselves in cycles of sin and even some ultimately walking away from God all because they couldn't handle that uncomfortable feeling because they refused to walk through that door of separation. But what they couldn't see and what I hope that maybe you'll see today is that oftentimes when that feeling of loneliness hits, it's God using it as a tool to draw you in. It's not punishment and there's not something wrong with you. If you're in it right now, I'll tell you this. Don't fill every silent moment by reaching for your phone. Don't search for approval or acceptance in social media every time you feel misunderstood. Don't contact or reply to those who you know you have no business talking to every time you have an empty Friday night. None of those things will fill you. None of those things will satisfy you. You will feel just as alone afterwards because there's only one who satisfies. And we know that's Jesus. But what should you do if you feel this? How, how do you walk through that door correctly? Take a deep breath. <laughs> Read the word. Spend time with God. Learn to be okay with being alone. Learn to be okay with silence sometimes. You know, you can hear God speaking best in the middle of no distractions. His voice is best heard with no background noise. See loneliness as what it is. It's God drawing you to get alone with Him. In 2017, I was in a season of feeling alone. I was married and we had Ezra. He was a baby, probably about six months old. And I didn't have a lot of friend time. So we were gone every weekend evangelizing. And then in the middle of the week, we would come home and we would do youth events and, you know, off night hangouts at our house. And we, we just tried to do our best to juggle it all. And so our schedule was jam packed, but it was all for others. And I didn't have like any just friend time, you know, and we were so stretched, and I remember just feeling weary, but also feeling just alone, you know, lonely. That's what I felt. I felt lonely, and a man from my church, a preacher from my church came, and he prayed for me, and he said this, do not call cursed what God has called blessed. Something beautiful will come from this season do not mistake separation for loneliness. A seed, when planted, is by itself. It's alone. But with time and growth, flowers spring forth. And I cried and cried and cried. <laughs> Isn't that what we do when someone just sees us, when God sees us? Do not call cursed what God has called blessed. There is a blessing in the calling away. 
Psalm 65 and 4 uh, says it like this, Blessed is the man whom thou choosest, who God chooses, and causes to approach unto thee. When you feel that God's trying to separate you. I just want you to remember, it just means God's reaching for you and wants you to come close. And there are good things that come from that separation. If and only if we choose to get alone with Him and walk through the door. Separation or these moments of loneliness are simply opportunities for growth if we allow them to be. They're moments that God can use as preparation. We talked some about growth and preparing for the next season last week. And when you feel this way, just know that you're not alone. Every person through history that's been mightily used by God following the call has felt that uncomfortable place. That scripture, Bless is a man whom thou choosest. God chooses us, but we have to reciprocate that choice too. We have to surrender it all and be willing to follow him regardless of where he leads. You know, Joseph, he spent 14 years in a prison. Don't you think there was some lonely nights? Nights all alone? Nights even after he had interpreted the butler and the baker's dream. And and when the butler went back to the palace, he begged him not to forget him when he got back to Pharaoh's palace. But still, two years passed before the butler remembered Joseph. So two more years full of feeling forgotten. He'd been misunderstood by his brothers, falsely accused by Potiphar's wife, spent too many years in prison, only to then be forgotten by someone who had connections to get him out of there. But I want to point out that Joseph never planned an escape. We don't read even once of his thoughts of fleeing from that prison, of fleeing from his separation. I know it was uncomfortable, but he waited it out. Knowing that regardless of what he felt, the Lord was indeed on his side. He's on your side too. Sometimes what we feel and what we know are two different things. But regardless of what we feel, we can know that God always intends the best for us. And after that intense time of separation, when Joseph got out, nations were saved from famine because of his newfound sensitivity to God. You know, something that stuck out to me while reading his story in preparation for this week was that before the isolation, God gave Joseph two dreams. In immaturity, he told them to everyone. They were God-given dreams, but Joseph had no clue what the interpretation of the dream was. He told his brothers that they would all bow to him, but there was no logic in this because he was the youngest. He was only 17 at the time that they sold him to slavery, and he had no knowledge at all of what the reason for them bowing to him could be. But after the slavery, after the trials, after the separation, he had grown. Not just in age, but he had grown in his spirit where he was able to interpret dreams. 
spiritual maturity came from that separation. And that newfound spiritual maturity is what led to him being in the palace. First interpreting the butler's dream and then interpreting Pharaoh's dreams. Saving a whole nation. And then obviously leading to his dream of his brother's bowing. That happened years before when he didn't understand it. It did come true. You know, me talking about this doesn't mean that we run and we hide from everyone and everything in the name of separation. But it does mean that when God calls, we must go. And there are blessings on the other side of the door if only we'll walk through it. You know, someone else that was often separated by others, not constantly because that's not healthy, but from time to time he would go off alone. Jesus, the word says he is not a high priest who cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all ways tempted like as we I've seen it, and we see it in Jesus' story. There is temptation that sometimes comes in that separation. The devil came, and he tempted Jesus on his 40 days in the wilderness. He tempted him with that food or satisfaction, tempted him to show his might, and tempted him with wealth. Jesus fully knows the feelings of loneliness or discontentment that we sometimes feel and the struggles that come with it. But he showed us the proper response. And that's using and knowing the word. And his example also shows us what good can come from it. To get alone, to die to self, to be able to pray prayers like he did in the garden. Nevertheless, let thy will be done. I want to be able to say that prayer. Getting alone with God, finding that place where it's less of me and more of him. That's where you find that willingness to do whatever God wants. I'm not saying a prayer at an altar, linking arms with the person next to you that may or may not stick, but I'm talking praying alone, committing alone, saying, I don't care what anyone else does or says, God, I will do what you want me to do. Your will, not mine. That's the kind of prayer that's prayed in the secret place. You know what else happened after Jesus' 40 days alone in the wilderness? The start of his public ministry? He was ready to do the miracles. He was ready to submit the flesh side of him to the plan. He was ready only after that time of separation. Separation is truly God trying to prepare us for what he wants to do next. And if Jesus needed to do that on earth, then surely you and I do. But the key to it all is to use the struggles of that season for deep growth. That growth, like we talked about last week, roots that will sustain you. You know, we also must walk through the door of separation when God places it in our path. If we want that deep growth to happen, That's a lot of the times where it happens. I want to tell you that there are things available on the other side of the door called separation, but if we refuse to walk through it, to endure it, 
like I talked about last week at the end, we'll never see the benefits. You know, when I was maybe 19, I remember feeling so alone. I was new in church. I didn't have many close friends. It was a weekend that Taylor, we were dating at the time, was off preaching in Kentucky, and I was spending my Saturday cleaning my room. How horrible at 19. That's horrible. (laughs) I would love to spend a Saturday cleaning my house now. But then that was just embarrassing and horrible and not a good feeling. So I was having a little bit of a pity party. And I remember sitting down on my bed. I probably didn't clean a whole lot that day, but I really, that's what I was doing. I just didn't accomplish much. But I sat down on my bed and I was scrolling through my phone and I saw this group of friends that looked like they had literally the best time ever the night before. Um, You know, before living for God, my weekends were always packed full. I was always surrounded by friends, what I thought were friends, right? And this feeling of being alone was so new and so foreign to me. It was uncomfortable even. So I sat and I prayed and I asked God, God, would you just give me a friend? I see these girls and they are so close and they're having the best time and I just feel so alone. God, why do I have to feel alone? You know, and I'm sure there were tears. (laughs) I cry, okay? There were probably a lot of tears. And, you know, it wasn't just that I didn't have close friends, but when I came to God, I also, I lost a lot of family um, that I was used to talking to often and used to being connected with. And that only kind of added to that constant alone feeling. But God spoke to me and showed me, you know, just a picture of a door. And uh, he just said, there are doors that I have for you to walk through that will only fit you. You and several friends can't fit through at once. And I cried more. And, um, you know, this applies to you too. If you're hungry for God, if you're pursuing after Him, if you want more of Him and you're not satisfied with just being normal, you know, there's doors that God has for you to walk through that everyone else can't fit through at the same time. And sometime God... He needs us alone. I didn't understand it all all at the time, but I knew that God had a plan. And, you know, I know I'm not the only one who's ever felt that alone feeling. And I know it because I've spoken with too many other people in ministry that feel this tug of loneliness from time to time. And there are doors of ministry that God has intended for you, but a door must be walked into alone. You can't walk through shoulder to shoulder, but God is concerned about the one-on-one encounter that you would have with him. So I'll ask you, do you want what's on the other side of the door enough to walk through the loneliness, enough to be uncomfortable for, you know, just a short period of time? Spiritual gifts, talents, ministry, fulfillment, contentment, spiritual maturity, 
the presence of God and feeling it on your own, all on the other side of that door? Are you willing to allow yourself to feel the loneliness in order to feel those other things? You know, each of us, there has to be this prayer, this commitment of willingness. You know, I know that you're hungry. If you're listening to this, I know you're hungry to be near God, to be used by God. And that's not really the question today. It's just this. Are you willing to pay the price for it? And I know that this is different today, but I want to just pray over you if you felt this way and you've struggled with that uh, willingness to be alone with God. I want to pray over you. God, I thank you for this listener today. I thank you, Lord, that you've drawn them to you. I, I thank you, God, that you're calling them to a place of separation. I pray, God, that you'd help us. Help us, Lord, to be willing, willing to walk through whatever door that you place before us. Help us, God, to desire your will more than anything else. Help us, God, to not fill every space of loneliness with empty things, but help us to lean on you, to run to you when we feel alone. God, let our loneliness be used as a catalyst to push us into the call, but not a weapon that would just put more space between you and us or you and them. Jesus, help us. I pray, God, that as each of us heed the call of separation, that you would come close, that you would show us individually the blessings of following wholeheartedly after you. Teach us in the quiet to know your voice. That's my desire, God. That's our desire to know you, to see you. Help us to know you more. In Jesus' name, I pray you just bless this listener today. Bless them, Lord, with your presence that you would just draw near to them. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to tell you, thank you for listening. I'll talk to you next time.